Welcome, everyone, to the Geek Domination episode 81 Spectacular. It's a podcast. You didn't say the word podcast and all of that. Podcast. Uh, my name is Anthony Tyson, followed by the lovely Cody Spitzelberger. Also, we have a, a little side guest today, uh, Katie Gilligan. She'll be making an appearance later. She's waving at the back of the camera and the mics because yeah. you know we can see or hear that. Yeah. But welcome. Today is December 3rd, 2016. First podcast of December. Yes. She and a uh, co-optional one, so to speak. We are two-player on this. She, yeah. Some split-screen podcast <sighs> action. But um, we have a lot of announcements slash trailers slash newsy type stuff. Bust today. it out. But um, we do have a little bit of news that we are going to start off with. Um, the first, which is the whole reason that Katie's here, um, mm-hmm. is that the trailer, the first full trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 came out and uh katie's gonna get up from planet ds and come over here and talk about it yeah. she wants to be here I yeah guess. she's gonna be the reaction for this so i'm gonna so die. uh yeah so she's gonna come out and yes. no oh god no. <laughs> she okay. hi hi podcast so this people. this is how you talk into a mic hello this this hello. is all live you know we're great at this hi okay so, so you guys gardens of the galaxy volume two so stoked i have to remind you when the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I saw the trailer and I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever Which seen. Which I've only still seen it once. And, we and were, I was drunk yes. as hell. So that <laughs> another, along with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, that is another movie we're going to have to have you see. You guys, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy with this one and I died. I was so happy. It was. It's probably my favorite Marvel movie. This trailer is awesome. It gives you a look at everybody, what they're up to. There's some embarrassing Chris Pratt, Pratt moments, which obviously is the greatest, but the highlight. Baby Groot. He's so cute. He's so cute. cute he out of talks, ten. and then he almost blows up the bomb, and he's just, oh my god, I died. And then the like the entire car ride. Um, I am Groot. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I am Groot. Yes, that one. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel isn't doing the voice on this one, but the good. I, I is, hope it actually is. Wouldn't it be awesome if Vin Diesel just like sucked in some helium and then did I mean, the voice yeah, for Groot? The, the the power of audio editing is a wonderful thing. It is. I kind of um, want to find out. Let, yeah, let me see Google if I can find it. out real quick. You guys, he's so cute. And Guardians of the Galaxy is just great because it's so goofy. And it's it's just such a fun time. You know, you got the, you have the Avengers and you have everybody in the Marvel Universe. They're kind of a little bit too serial for me Yeah, sometimes. and then Guardians just it's literally just fucks all of that. And, and it's, it's it's perfect. It's totally Vin Diesel. Is it really? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> that makes me so happy because he's so high-pitched and he's just... And his eyes are all wide. Oh, my gosh. Mom and Dad, I'm sorry. I might have to get another tattoo. Shit. Love you, you guys. You heard it here first. Ooh. All right, guys. Honestly, thanks for having me uh, on your podcast. You're welcome. I'm going to go sit over in the corner and play some Mario Party now. But please go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and watch these two handsome fellows and John Luke handsome. and Zane and Andrew in Shit. the future on the Geek Domination Podcast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just had a real life girl Heard on the first. podcast, a grill, Shit. a grill on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, now let's uh, let's get serious here. We've talked about before how uh, Pocket Tournament, <sighs> one of the one of the better games of this year. Yeah. This year. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we, I can't wait to do our tops. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Um, they just don't really know how to pick Pokemon though. <laughs> <laughs> or they have a really back assword way of doing so. I mean, like, what's custom, the logic? Some of them make sense. Yeah. Like, okay. you, I mean, like the last one they added before this Toxicroak that made sense because at least it was a fighting type. 
But then the one before that was God. I don't even remember who it was now. It was a lantern. No, she Lantern was in the game since oh, the was beginning. It? Oh, Candler, Candler, was, uh, there was a there was another one that they added. It was like, another ghost type, though. I remember that. I don't. Remember. I'll it was see a if weirdo. I can find out who it is. But they just announced that they're adding Empoleon, which uh, is the final evolved version of Piplup from Generation Four. Steel Water Penguin. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I had this mute. Um, my bad. Here's here's my problem with this. I mean, it's not really a problem because let me make one thing clear that I actual absolutely fucking love Napoleon, and that was my starter of choice in Gen Four. And Gen Four is mm. okay. Gen Four actually isn't my favorite anymore because Pokemon Sun is. Um, but why? Yeah. You have hundreds. No, I, it is a curious thing to me when you have so many fighting type Pokemon at your disposal that you choose not to use practically any of them. It was Darkrai. Was the last Dark Cry. That's right. Yeah, it's a ghoster. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm confused on that aspect of it. At the same time, though, I'm curious. So imagine, if you will, Pocking came out, almost all fighting types. Would you, at that same time, decry it for having too many fighting types and not exploring no, other ways to look at it? because there's one, two, three, four. Four fighting types in the entire game. Oh, is it fine? Is yeah, it's fine. fine. Okay. Four fighting types in the entire game. I mean, yes, but like, and it's a fighting game. But imagine the inverse, where there was only four other non-types in the game. Would that would that be better for you? Would that make you feel happier? I feel like a dispute should be more of an even split. Yeah, half and half, half and half, or yeah. even. I mean, it's just like. And I, I have nothing against, like, the other types of Pokemon, but it's just, like, there are better choices that you can do than, like, oh, let's do a fighting type, a fighting type. Let's do a fucking water steel giant penguin well, because we can. And then, and then you know, for your your faux fighting type, as, I, as I'll call it here, uh, you get Pikachu Libre. Yeah. So give him a when fighting we're, when suit. We're, when we're making up Pokemon <laughs> because we don't want to put in actual fighting types yeah. is where I'm just like, this Although, is silly. that said, though, love that final smash or, well, final move, I guess you final could call move. it for, uh, like, for Pikachu. I don't know. I, like it's I said, cool. I have nothing against Napoleon, but I still feel like they need to make more sense when they're picking these. We don't have any of the Hitmon Pokemon, which makes zero sense to me. Right. And that's a great question to me. Also, speculation. Is there going to be a Pokken tournament switch? Maybe. Maybe they're waiting? Maybe they are waiting. I don't know. I mean, there will just be Pokken tournament too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to actually see the numbers behind how successful Pokken was because that's probably a big drive for it. I agree. But Yeah, and and honestly, one of a, a surprisingly good fighting game that largely none of you will probably play, unfortunately. Very much. Yeah. But, I mean, there you go. Um, if you ever wanted to play as Empoleon. <laughs> there, now's your chance. Fight Pokemon. <laughs> there there you go. Yeah. You can do that now. Um, one other piece of Pokemon news is that they launched the uh, first global mission oh, for yes, um, Sun and Moon this week. They're tasking us, us this being the, um, the general audience and players of Pokemon Sun and Moon, to catch 100 million Pokemon. That is a fuck ton of Pokemon. That's a fuck ton of Pokemon, man. But, but then I'm also like, you know what? There were so many people that bought the game. It doesn't seem like that big of a number. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm curious. Like, when you put this little, like, uh, dangling 
jewel, if you will, in front of players, uh-huh. they're going to go catch Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I let me see if I can find the exact number real quick. Oh, of uh, how many people bought the game? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people did. Uh, spoiler alert there. I know a lot of people bought this game because here's the speculation. Um, if people, if, if I should say Nintendo actually supplies enough copies of Pokemon Sun and Moon for most everyone to have them and not have a fiasco with not having enough, then that means they knew it was going to sell a lot of, and that means that it sold very, very well. <laughs> 15 million copies. Jesus Christ. Were sold on fucking launch day. Pokemon power. That's like literally like everyone going and catching like five Pokemon. Yeah. At least. At that's, the very least. That's ridiculous. Um, And then how... What do we get for doing this? Festival coins. Festival Plaza. Because, you know, festival people coins. people love Festival Plaza. Look, I will say this. There is some random nice shit that you can get from that experience. However, the whole thing as a whole, fucking random as shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really, really random. I've had people say I love you uh, <laughs> to me randomly. I don't know them. I mean, I love you. I mean, I I love you too, <laughs> but we know each other. Uh, these are random people coming into my plaza. Like, hi, nice to meet you. I love you. You know what? What is that? Let's get straight to the point, dude. Yeah. But uh, moving on um, to actually, God, we're kind of okay. I'm gonna switch this around real quick. Switch, switch it. This. Rogue One, go. Okay, so two pieces of slight news in the Star Wars verse. So this is our Star Wars corner for the day. Yep. I like that. Uh, so first part, Rogue One. There was news released on it that Gareth Edwards revealed George Lucas visited the set. Yeah. Now, I'm using an article via Collider, uh, normally a good news source for these things. Um, there was a French news outlet uh, that revealed this in an interview, and Gareth said that George Lucas had come on, you know, seen a cut of the movie, and uh, he liked some things, gave some advice. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned in the article, too, was that Lucas wanted to say, uh, said that he should use more CG, but everything in CG, and he did not oh. respectfully take that advice. Uh, very, very happy for that, uh, which is good news there. But I find it interesting that George Lucas did get to the set, get to see a final cut of it. I like how, if nothing else, that we respect the man enough that we can show him what we're doing, take maybe a few things here and there, but still have our own vision for what we're doing going forward. Yeah. And I imagine it's a very weird moment for both Gareth, who's been a fan of the series since God knows when, coming and giving the creator of Star Wars his idea of what a Star Wars movie will be, and then also for George, who made Star Wars what it is, seeing this happen in front of him. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, as as kind of mixed feelings as we have over the uh the prologues or prequels, prequels yeah. um i feel like george lucas at least has earned the right at this point even though he doesn't own the property anymore to at least have some input yeah very very minimal yeah which i'm okay with because i i think the large point of fans disagree with the larger choices that he would have made but he is still iconic he yeah. is the father of star wars yeah. and for as much shit as I want to give him on some of his choices for specifically one and two, um, he's the the father of Star Wars. We would not have this universe without him. Correct. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah. And, so, you know, it doesn't sound like there's, ever going, there's going to be huge changes to the movie because of it. 
And I'm sure this one's a little bit easier in George's mind too, because this is a Star Wars story, not yep. episode eight, nine, or seven, eight, and nine, which George Lucas had written out stories for in the past. So, um, interesting news there. Um, this is a quick side piece of news because there's not much to say on this other than yay. George Williams begins Star Wars Episode Eight score this month. Yeah, yeah so George we Lucas. We do have about a year uh, until yeah. Eight comes out. So, well, I'm I'm about to get to this. Yeah, I'm about to get to this. So George Lucas always was a huge fan of John Williams. They have an interconnection. He is a part of Star Wars as much as George Lucas was Absolutely. in a way. Um, so again, it's just good news that John Williams is doing the score for this. Yeah. So. I mean. I'm fine with um, other people experimenting with the Star Wars stories. I can't wait to see what Giacchino does with this score. Mm-hmm. Well, and did you see that there were reports coming out that he had like a super limited amount of time to write that score because they changed? Yes, director, um, yes, I did. Composers? And actually, you know what? Let's talk about that really quick here too. Also, it was revealed that <laughs> Giacchino had four weeks to make the entire score for Rogue One, a uh, Star Wars story. Now – the the initial reaction that most people have is panic ah four weeks how did he make that score it's gonna be not gonna be as iconic as other ones well keep in mind this this is a new type of movie this is gonna be a different score John Williams notoriously reworks everything and John Williams is a different type of composer and than I also Giacchino. I feel like I felt like seven it was okay to yeah. reuse some themes I feel like Rogue One needs to be totally different. Not really, because I feel like what the movie is trying to do, I feel like it's totally okay for it to just kind of reuse a bunch of themes from 4, from New Hope. You can reuse ideas. I I don't want him to be a carbon copy paste. I don't of think what, they won't. Yeah, but here's the good thing, though. He is, he is a new composer. He, as well as many of his peers, are used to working under extreme pressure, under extreme tight time constraints. Yeah. Also, I do want to keep in mind that Giacchino is notorious for capturing the spirit of other soundtracks in his movies. Let's take a look at Star Trek. Let's take a look at Jurassic Park, A Lost World. It's a celebration of what came before. And keep in mind that George Lucas did Jurassic Park, the original. And Giacchino copied it to a certain degree. Did I say John Williams for the Jurassic Park? Oh, my God. See, (laughs) now I'm guilty of that. John Williams did the score for Jurassic Park. Yes. And, you know, Giacchino did a great job at retroactively paying homage to it in uh, New World. And I think he's going to do that to a degree here, but he's also going to make excellent new soundtracks. And I listened to some of his earlier work, even with things like Medal of Honor. And I've been one of the people that have been on the bandwagon for this movie being a war movie. I want this to be a war movie Star Wars film. Like, really, Star Wars with the emphasis on it. Yeah. So I think Giacchino is going to capture it excellently because he had previous work in Medal of Honor soundtracks, Mm -hmm. which... Um, Medal of Honor Frontlines is one of the better Medal of Honor games. And the soundtrack to that, when I listened to it, fucking incredible. So if he can infuse that type of mentality into the Star Wars verse, we're going to have like an awesome time with the soundtrack. Calm yourselves, fans. Yeah. yeah. Also, we only have like less than two weeks until Rogue One. So that's... I'm going to try and calm myself from <laughs> wanting to go <laughs> see this yourself, movie. But... but it's so exciting, dude. I can't wait for this. So that's all we have for the news, quote unquote, segment. Um, we have two small little reviews before we jump into our topics. We actually do have two smaller topics for the cast today. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to take a little bit of time to talk about the invasion event from CW. Hit it. 
Um, the four-part crossover, really three-part crossover. Mm-hmm. The Supergirl episode really did not count. The part that constituted it as a crossover, <laughs> they showed in Flash. Yeah, this is what you guys were saying to me. Like, too. literally, like, the whole Supergirl episode is a regular old Supergirl episode, and it just has, like, little, like, teases that Barry and Siska are, like, trying to get to her Earth to get her to help. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, that scene happens at the end of the episode. But then that scene is shown again in the Flash episode. It's a little silly. Um, <laughs> this crossover was the perfect mix of incredibleness and trash. Incredibleness. Yes, because there were parts in writing of this whole crossover that felt amazing. Like, there were some parts that they really, really nailed. And then there were just parts I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the three things that I felt like they did very well and two of them involve a character that i've been so on the fence about for so long which is oliver queen ah yeah the first one is i felt like they absolutely nailed the oliver queen barry allen friendship that's good because you know it's been two ish years two three years yeah since uh no three years since they met three years quote unquote and because there was remind me because I'm new to this verse. So uh, there was an episode in the original season of Flash, right, where they kind of crossed it. No, so there was an episode. This is how it all started. Mm-hmm. There's an episode in season two of Arrow season that two. introduced Barry. Oh, okay, and then well, that's two. when season one happened. And then, um, the episode happens. The second episode happens, and at the end of the second oh. episode in Arrow is when Barry gets struck by lightning. Ah, and then we have the time gap. Yeah, um, and then everything lines back up at the beginning of Arrow season three, Flash season one. Cool. That's where we've gone from there. There's been an annual crossover, and they've just kind of peeped in at random times throughout the seasons. So they have a continuing buddy relationship. Yes. Cool. But they like nailed. Um, they've gotten it wrong in the past. That's why I was really happy that they nailed it. Like Oliver is, for lack of a better term, like a big brother to Barry. And, like, this huge mentor to him and, like, really, like, brought him up. And, like, they absolutely nailed, like, the whole this, like, friendship thing in this. Dude, that's tight. Like, I don't go into, like, specific spoilers, but there's a lot of tension with Barry and the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And, like, Oliver, like, as childish as it is, he's like, you know, I'm not going unless Barry's going. Like, it's, like, kind of silly and childish, but it's, like, that's, like, fucking honor between your friends. Yeah. Right that's there. That's awesome. Um, the second being just, like... Um, the hundredth episode of Arrow, and just like showing how much the Oliver character has grown. Um, I think that, and a lot of people have said this, that Arrow episode one hundred was Stephen Amell's best performance as Oliver Queen. Absolutely nailed it. Um, the episode was heart wrenching because like how it works is the the whole point of invasion is aliens coming to Earth, right? And, like the the team banding together. Yeah. Um. The five like main people from Arrow, which was Oliver Queen, Thea Queen, Diggle, um, Sarah Lance, and then uh, Ray, all get captured by the aliens. And- oh, Ray, the Force user from Star Wars. Oh, I was God. like, "What?" <laughs> no, I broke Adam. Cody. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, they all get captured by the aliens and put into this alternate universe mm. where, like, basically, uh, the island never happened. Um, Katie Cassie was back as Laurel and like her and Oliver were like engaged and about to get married. 
both of Oliver's parents were alive. Okay. So wow. like here's yeah, craziness. Here's like the thing. Like they found like the perfect way to kind of bring back everyone for the hundredth episode. Wait. That made sense. Wait, wait, wait. What you're explaining to me in this episode, and this is a good thing, by the way. This reminds me of Young Justice. This reminds me of Young Justice in season two when they have the time jump and then they have the moment where all of the characters undergo an invasion, but it was really a uh, setup by the uh, older Justice League uh-huh. to train them for failure because they're Damn. they all die and stuff like that. Shit. But it's not so it's the inverse of that. It's the it's inverse a perfect of that. Where it's, it's world, like, yeah. and John Lucas said this before. There's um they've done this a lot where there's a, an episode of Batman and the Animated Series mm-hmm. where Mad Hatter puts Batman like in an alternate universe. Where, like, I remember that episode. Still yeah. alive and stuff like that. It feels a lot like that. Awesome. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I um, like that. But it was that episode was a lot of fun. And then um the third thing I feel like they did really well was like they still managed to plant plot seeds that like still put the shows in their own individual mm-hmm. paths for the rest of their seasons mm-hmm. while still managing to bring them all together for this event. That's cool. Because there were still plot lines that you've seen developing on the other shows and you see where they're going to go from here. So it was still an authentic episode of said series. Yes, yeah, but I feel good. like it was still designed to where – and I feel like there's probably not that many people at this point who just like watch one of the CW shows and, and haven't at least others. explored the other ones. Yeah. But like you could watch just like the one episode, like say you only watch Legends. You could probably watch the Legends episode and you'd probably be okay. But like this whole event is still meant to be seen as an entire thing. Okay. It's like a three hour movie. I mean, that's not a bad thing no. necessarily. But yeah. um as a whole, like all the shows received their highest rating so far of the season Good. from this. Should uh, be. They advertised the shit Yeah, out and of they it. brought in a lot of viewership for it. So I there were just some moments, and there were just, like, small, like, character paths within it that just had me really annoyed. Mm. Any but, Anything in particular? Uh, fucking Cisco. Like, is this, like, so, again, without going to the chip? Two spoilers. What? The chip? The chip. Sabisco, the, you're the killing cookie. me. You're killing me. <laughs> just don't stop. Cisco, uh, aka Vibe, or no, that's Nabisco. Who's yeah, I fucking hate Barry's best friend. Um, he's just super salty with Barry about some shit that's happened to the point where he's just like, "Well, maybe this person should do it so Barry doesn't have to." And just like mm. the embodiment of salt mm. is really bad. Baptize it. Pretty much is okay. so bad, <laughs> but as a whole. I enjoy the evasion event, and uh, next week we have mid-season finales. Ah, so uh, that's exciting. Flash and Arrow, in particular, I'm like, there's going to be some crazy stuff in them. Cool. All right, but that sounds good. There's that. What um, about that Final Fantasy 15? So this is not a full-fledged review <laughs> because we're not done with the game. Fortunately, we're almost in the same point. You're a little bit farther than me, which is weird. I just haven't had the time this week with work and getting the house still put together. Honestly, I've been like it's it's been hard because like I've really been like trying to crux out a bit of time for this game and I'm a little addicted and I know I need to do other things. Yeah. So at this point you're probably gonna surpass me. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll see over the next couple of days. Yeah. But uh so about what would you say? Close to about ten to twelve hours in? Um, I think my timestamp reads 
14 does it i think mine reads closer to like 10 or 11 yeah i i admit i've uh i've taken a bit of more time on the side stories i haven't and um i really took a lot of time with uh the inventory management as well as uh pause menus Uh so there would be times where like you know they'll be going on a trip and then i'll get up and do something for 10 minutes and then come back after they've been like sitting there for like a couple minutes so there's a good about an hour added to this game that I actually haven't played. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like so, it. Yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts so far? I really only have two things to say. Go for it. Okay. Um, I think this game is great so far. Um, it excels particularly at two things. Mm. One, the combat is incredible. Um, it's so fast-paced. You can slow it down if you want, if you want to bring back in the full strategical view of the old Final I'll Fantasies with that, weight yeah. mode. I haven't done it because I'm enjoying the fast pace of it, and I don't want to slow it down. Like the game feels like a faster Kingdom Hearts to me, and I'm like, yes, I'll, I'll let's talk go. About that in a minute. Um, also, it's just the fucking music. As music a whole. is incredible. Um, God, I'm, I need to find her last name. Um, Yoko Shimomura, which who did has done all the Kingdom Hearts ah. games, has done like a couple <laughs> other really random games um but like pretty much everyone loves everything that she does but like i said um she did she did super mario rpg which people wow love. Okay. kingdom hearts mario and luigi superstar saga um looks like actually all the mario and luigi rpg games um did some of the music for xenoblade did but yeah that's really about it that has done like some of the later like paper mario shit but she's brilliant so RPGs and for the most part, practically all good ones. Yeah, um, and I've said this before. Like the theme of this game, like just like the menu theme. I, cr- I die. Um, and it was in the first trailer that we ever got. Mm-hmm. Um, like there will be times where I just like turn on the game and I'm just like messing around on my computer for about five to ten minutes because I'm just sitting at the menu screen listening to the fucking song, dude. And that's me too. But like sometimes for me, I. And this makes Cody so salty to no degree. I have it as my theme for my entire PS4 because I got the download, uh, the digital edition, digital deluxe bought, with the DLC. I bought the fucking two hundred and seventy dollar version of the bullshit. game. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't have it. I can't yeah. have it. Bullshit. Which they should have just given it to you because it's that artwork that you see on that box that we just showed you for those listening in the live stream. Um, that is pretty much my theme that's yep. scrolling across my screen, yep. but with the incredible music of Final Fantasy XV, and I'm I'm just in awe of how beautiful it sounds. But um, aside from the originally or the the new composed music, which mm-hmm. all feels really good, um, just like the car and just how you can like throw in soundtracks from the old games and then take it to an extension where you can find a portable MP3 player. And you can in the game. You, you, okay, you buy it from the shop that you go into from your car so you need to go oh, into that and okay. then um you can learn something new you can listen to music while you're just walking around uh it overrides to like the new mu- the new music when it like you go into it's battle or whatever yeah, okay. but like when you're just walking around you just be like i'm just gonna put in this this that's this so metal gear solid of them and i love that um one cd in particular that i found so i didn't even think they were gonna do i'm so glad they did was there's actually a cd for dissidia and it's like all the remixes and the original compositions of all the songs. Oh, so like the man. CD, like well, each CD usually has like five to ten esque or five to ten ish 
songs. Like the studio one has like almost 50 songs on it. Wow. It's amazing. That is insane. So um, I'm enjoying my time with Final Fantasy 15. It's uh, definitely still a little too soon to say some stuff. But, yeah. Okay. Before I get into my review, real quick, shout out to Sean Whedon, who just liked the uh, Geek Domination page. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Thanks, Sean. Um, thoughts. I uh, This was a really weird one for me. So, going into Final Fantasy 15, I talked a lot about how I wanted so much from the story, and I wanted this weird connection with your father, because I think... You know, a part of me is still, I don't know, going through that process Uh because, you know, I lost my dad last year. But at the same time, um, there's like this incredible story to Final Fantasy from previous games that I felt like, you know, maybe Final Fantasy 15 has to inherit that burden. Final Fantasy games are, you know, usually good in story. I'm not, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in this game. Half the time, it um, makes no sense. It, it does gives it's, you a little direction, but I I still understand what's happening. In general, I understand what's happening, but the emotional impact for me to care is not I there. I agree with you there. Um, However, I do want to say this: I care about my bros, <laughs> and that is my favorite see, thing I'm so almost, far. I'm almost a, a little backwards, where I feel like the um, the character interaction between you and your bros kind of gets in the way. From the grand story, because here's what like Final Fantasy always does, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, your, you and your your friends yeah. go on an adventure, yeah. to stop a thing, but that thing always has like a bigger thing behind it, and it ends up being a grand, well, like huge, universe-ending thing. And I won't spoil it for you, but there were like little little touches of that on the last battle that I did. Okay, so I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe I can see where that's so, going into. It. I, I know it's gonna take some time because like 13 took forever to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we're only what like a technically like a third of the way through the game. If is. that, we don't, and that's the thing. So I've taken a lot of time on these side yeah. quests. I'm and chapter I'm, six. Yeah, right we're now, both in chapter I'm six. Um, spoilers. There's 15 chapters. Okay, so maybe I am halfway through. Uh, about like a third-esque. Nice. Third-ish. But I feel like there's so much more to this game than it's just general story. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I go into my other point. I love the world that they've built for 15 so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me a lot of why I like The Witcher 3 so much. And I do have to admit The Witcher 3 is a lot more stronger in story points because it connects those side quests to what you're doing in the main story. I feel like there's a disconnect between side quests and main story in this one. I agree. Um, But I do enjoy enough of the side quests that I'm learning new things about the world. I'm exploring the world. And what I find in certain things of the world is so special to me. The dungeons. The dungeons are so cool in this game. I haven't game. found any dungeons that are not directly linked to the story yet. Uh, one. I found you one. You found one? I okay. found one, and uh, it was with the uh, Bolver Mines, and I randomly came across that when I was extremely under level. Okay. So it became a gauntlet for me at first. I obviously had to run away at the end because, uh, spoiler alert, the last big boss of that whole level is level 50, okay. and I went in as a level... 15 (laughs) so that was not something i could fight but the thing is i had this exploration aspect because of a side quest that i did around it and i'm like you know what i don't want to go to fetch that yet i want to go into this thing where i randomly was so i went into that thing i explored it and it led to this whole new sequence of events 
that were special and beholden to me along with my bros. And that's why I say I like my bros because you go into this thing and they have like random little quips as you're going through the dungeon. I, like some of them, cool some of them feel really natural. And then some of them, I'm just like, that was dumb as hell. You may, I, uh, but at the same time, maybe I have a little barrier of um, patience for it because I'm used to Japanese weirdness, as I'll put it. I mean, there's I, there's weirdness in Japanese games with like just character interaction. I mean, sometimes. you've seen something hard, some things right? that don't translate. Well, yeah, no, true, true. But there's well, a character interaction in that game that's like, why is this a thing? Which one? All of them. Prompto, maybe Ignis, maybe. No, I was talking about Kingdom Hearts. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but then, I mean, there's some things where like Prompto says, "I was like, why? Like you were trying to make a pun, but it wasn't a pun at all." Yeah, like zero out of ten. Yeah. yeah, there, there are things that annoy me about them, but I've had enough good times with them that it feels like good times with my bros. And when I'm in the regalia, just chilling around, going across on side quests, <laughs> I'm just having just a bro time. Not, not just you know getting up and sitting on the you know the roof of your car, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, why? I feel like you are unsafe. unsafe sir. You are unsafe. <laughs> and I just love doing that actually. Uh, when he's up there, just breaking the car, I'm like, "That's not how gravity works at all. If, that, right. if this is real, broke, you would have your skull would have been cracked. Game over." My final thing that I will put out before we get onto the real topics of this summons, negative and positive. Oh my god, negative. I don't understand how they work. Like how you or how you triggered them? No, I understand it. Does it make that and, we have so far? And is it good to you though? No. Okay. See, that's I mean, the thing. I don't that's know if I the hear. low one later is. The ones later on change how they work, but right now it's pretty much like if you're about to die or you're in trouble, the game gives you the option to summon them. Sometimes, 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 and that's that's the thing. Like I'm a little, I'm still a little confused at when those sometimes are. Yeah. Um. Now, on the inverse side of it, there was this boss that I was fighting in the last <laughs> chapter, and he was pretty huge. This guy was a giant mech robot. He killed all. Three of my friends, my bros, and all of my bros in like one attack, and I'm like, "Well, what the fuck? I'm gonna have to revive them with the Mega Phoenix and everything." But then, as soon as I was thinking about that, I got hit with the missile, and I'm down to like 15 health, and I'm like, "God damn it, what the fuck?" And then all of a sudden, I see this L2 option pop up. I'm like, "Okay," so I hold it. Nothing happens. I'm like, "You have to hold, hold it. You have it. to hold it for forever. You have to hold it for forever." But I did, and. The most epic thing happens where I get this music like, and like I get pulled up by fucking Odin's hand, Rama, Ramu, Ramu, Ramu. Okay, Ramu's hand, and like he's just like, hey, bro, and I'm seeing this huge ass bearded motherfucker god, just like huge as hell, just like, hey, what up? And then he has his lightning staff of glory, he charges it, and then he smites holy hell on all of your opponents down on the screen. It is the most epic and cool fucking thing I've experienced this year. Yep. By far in a game. Here's holy what I shit, honestly cool. think, um, and I th- hope that some of the later summons <laughs> fix this. The summon so far feels scripted that, as to right. when you can use Because it was during a boss battle for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, also, what's funny about that particular boss battle is that's when Ramu popped up for me. Oh, did it too? Um, yeah. That's why I also feel like it's scripted. I actually killed the boss almost instantly. Oh, did you? I was still struggling I was messing with magic together. a lot during that area, uh, and I had okay. able to come up with a, uh, with a version of a spell that made Thundara cast five times. 
I've gotten to four, so I've gotten to five, okay, and cool. it just five cast Thundara on the boss, hit like each individual part of it multiple times. Oh, that's smart. all hitting at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. That would be smart because I was trying to use uh, heavy weapons to break. Uh huh. Uh, him, but yeah, but... so he was dead, and then all the other random infantry popped up, and that's what was fucking me. <laughs> that's oh, what Robin yeah. had to come save me by. But uh, yeah, just go play this game. Yeah. I feel oh. like that's all you need to say. Slight thing. Okay. And we'll go on, I promise. Uh, wait mode. I like it a lot. It adds a little quick strategic element to the game, and you can turn it, it off. You can turn it off. Yeah. I just appreciate After the fast pace of this, and I feel like I can be strategic enough. But maybe that's... Just because my mind is just like Kingdom Hearts. trained to Kingdom Hearts at this point. The thing that I like is when you're going into big bosses that are harder than you think. Um, so, like, say you're level 17, it's a 24 uh-huh. boss. You can kill them if you know what their weaknesses are. And the best thing to do that I find in this game, activate weight mode right when you're in the first interaction. Scan them real quick. Turn off weight mode. Then kick ass. Yep. And then it's perfect. It's a perfect blend of both for me. So, yeah, combat, amazing. All right. So we got two baby topics. Boom. They should not take us too long. A few gripes on the first one. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Video Game Awards. We'll cover the big things from it and uh, break it down real quick for you. So do we want to do announcements that came out of it or the actual awards first? Um, let's really quickly hit the awards because so did the VGAs. (laughs) Video Game Awards. Not that big. So I'm just going to run through these real quick and we'll uh, just talk about them as we go. Best noble and handheld game, Pokemon Go. Uh, took the world by storm. Yeah, sense. this this doesn't surprise me. Pokemon Go also won best family game. Uh, also made families get up off their asses, go yep. around the world. Um, <laughs> games for impact reward, that Dragon Cancer. I hadn't heard of this game before right now. So when you look into it, and I had heard about it before, uh-huh. um, this game is about a really hard-pressed topic between a father coming to terms with the loss of his son through cancer. Uh, cancer. Sorry, I said that word. Cancer. 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 Uh, that's why the name is that dragon cancer. Um, it was, it's a very impactful game that I've heard from it. I'm not going to play it because I think I would cry too much. Um, so impactful game. Oh yeah. It's impactful to you. It makes you cry. It makes you have emotion. So, so, um, good on them to win by by the way. Best indie game, uh, inside. Uh, yeah, the game looks fucking incredible. A lot of, uh, controversy when we come to later. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is from the same people who made Limbo. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I still need to play it. Um, I'm gonna skip around here a little bit. Um, best action adventure game, Dishonored Two. Um. Yeah, I guess that works. That works for me. Yeah. Um. Best action game, Doom. I want to play that game so bad. I'm hoping I can get to it by the time we get to the tops of the year. I'm hoping to find a sale because holy shit, that game looks fun. That's funny. Uh, Doom also won best music and sound. And by the uh. <laughs> by by the uh, concert we got in the middle of the show, arguably the best thing of the VGA as a show. Um, yeah, totally deserved. <laughs> uh, best VR game, Res Infinite. Um, I mean, again, I want to get PlayStation VR. I've heard that one's good. Um, so yeah. yeah, best fighting game, Street Fighter Five, which uh, makes me laugh because I feel like everyone hated yeah, Street Fighter Five yeah, when it came too. out. Uh, should have been box tournament. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, best RPG. This is hilarious to me. Best RPG. Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. The DLC. Blood and Wine. The <laughs> DLC was the best RPG of the year. Keep which, in mind which that does, the game that we are playing right now, that is technically an RPG, came out after the barrier of entry for the awards. Yeah, and like from what I've heard, it's like that good. So it fuck really is. it. 
Yeah, like, I mean, you know, The Witcher Three is that good. Props the to DLC them to just actually good. just making a DLC that one game of the year in that category. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's me. awesome. Best, CD Projekt Red, right? awesome. Best strategy game, Civ Six. Makes sense. Civs are always incredible. They're huge. Yeah. Best sports slash racing game, Forza Horizon Three. Not surprised on it, but I think there were some people that wanted NBA 2K 2016 to win. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Best art direction inside. Uh, again, look, game looks cool. So well, and again, from what it. I've seen from Limbo, like yeah. that game was just all art direction. Yeah. And just ridiculousness. Absolutely. Uh, best narrative, aka okay, best story, Uncharted 4. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Naughty Dog. Yep. Uh, also from Uncharted 4, uh, Nolan North won Best Performance in that game. Which had a great little um, speech during the VGAs for too, putting into context both the plight of people going through the strike right now for uh-huh. the uh, Voice Actors Alliance, and then also the idea that, hey, we are only here because of what people have done to make us characters in these video games. Yep. So, great. Um, best Esports Team, Cloud9. Sure. Okay. I know they're still big in league. I know they kind of dropped off the guys. face of the earth in HOTS after winning the World Championships last year. But then they came back, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, best esports player, Marcelo Coldzera David. Brazilian. Brazilian, uh, which is a Counter-Strike player. So good for okay. them. Yeah. Uh, trending gamer buggy two nine eight eight. He's so if you're not familiar with him, he is a really cool dude. Um, he's he has a lot of like fun with his videos, but he is your typical gamer. Not okay. gonna lie, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Yeah, he's he's huge. Like in both counts. I know I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's a great guy. So props to Boogie for winning. Yeah. Um, most anticipated game: Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. No, no surprise, surprise. yeah. <laughs> and then... Maybe Andromeda would have been mine, but that's it. That's for you. And then the game that won the VGAs for best multiplayer game, best esports game, best game direction, and game of the year was Blizzard's Overwatch. Yeah? Yeah. I know there were some people that were like really mad over this. No! Which I don't understand. Don't be. Blizzard did a great job on it. That's why they also won uh, Publisher of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. That one's um, not on this list, but I wouldn't be surprised. Y- yeah, they they did. I remember that. And yeah, it, like they're a great studio. And of course, they're going to come out with a great game that embodies everything that we would want out of a hero-based shooter. It's great. It's a great game. It and is. I've had no one that has played that game say very negative things about it. Like, there's some like gripes. But everyone enjoys playing the game. And that means you're a great game. Yeah. Overwatch. Yeah. So, yeah. What else do you have to say about the actual awards okay. part? Because I know you have uh, some, so, some frustrations with it. I did have some frustrations. Would we rather go into what was premiered at the awards first? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Let's, let's do that. that. Um, so, we got the announcement of Bulletstorm Full Clip, uh, which is just a remastered version of Bulletstorm. I've played half Bulletstorm. Have you played it at all? No, but it's hilarious to me that this is how they try and put Duke Nukem back into the collective consciousness again. So how, is this, how again. is this working? How is okay, the Duke Nukem so working? it's essentially what I would call a developer mod for the game okay. that allows one of your main characters to become Duke Nukem in appearance and quick little quick quips voiceover okay. by the guy who does That's it. Silly. Stupid and silly. I don't care for Duke Nukem. I thought the game that came out was dumb. It was like yeah. 15 seconds of fun followed by hours of tediousness pretty so. much um but i didn't hate bullet storm 
Yeah, I heard it was a good game. They're remastering it. I would rather have had just a sequel, though. Yeah. Um, we're going to come back to that one. Okay. Uh, right. The announcement <laughs> it was leaked before, but we are getting a Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Which just reminds me of the power of the internet. And Katie's perking up, by the way, in the background right now. Very excited. I am Groot. It's the power of the internet because it's like world premiere. We've heard about it before. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Uh, we got the announcement of Dauntless. Which uh, had a soundtrack very similar to Witcher. Did it really? Yeah. Um, this is the first I've heard of it, but apparently it has developers that come from Bioware, Riot, Capcom, and Blizzard. Yeah, a weird amalgamation of all of it. Yeah. It looks like a four-person co-op team-based. That's what it's saying. So Dauntless fighter. is an online co-op action role-playing game set in an untamed science fantasy world. It Go ahead. I'm sorry. Players take on the role of elite warriors known as slayers who protect humanity by hunting ferocious behemoths. It, go. Go. Just go. Just go. It's fine. Just go. That's all I really wanted to say. It just it reminds me of Evolve without the beast part. Like, you don't control the beasts, it sounds like, but it reminds me of fighting the beasts from Evolve. Okay. We got a new gameplay trailer for Prey, which is becoming somewhat of one of my more anticipated games from E3. And I'm guessing why, because I think we both have the same kind of... feels I, so dead spacey. Yes! Yes! Did you out, it feels so did you watch? Space. Did you watch the trailer? I did. It, it, I it looks good. It, it looks I good. I need it. this game. Yeah. Like, literally, I, I posted on Twitter. I'm like, this is not the game I wanted from when I saw Prey 2 concept, but the game I needed right now. Dead Space. I need Dead Space. Yep. Um, we got some more footage from Breath of the Wild, which I never did watch that, unfortunately. Um, it's a cool little trailer. It shows that it's definitely going into a more action RPG route, much okay. like we've seen from Final Fantasy XV. Cool. Um, we got the first announcement of the Shovel Knight expansion, which is Spectre of Torment. Prequel to Shovel Knight. Yeah, and you play as one of the villains. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm cool with that. I never played Shovel Knight, but I can kind of understand why everyone loved it. I need to play it, and I'm excited for this one as well. Um, time will tell if I actually buy it when it comes out, though. Yeah. Um, we got two pieces of news from Halo Wars. The first being a new trailer for Halo Wars 2. Yeah, so the trailer looks good. It focused on the main villain of the game called Atriox. Uh-huh. And uh, the dude looks badass. Um, I love the explanation for his place in the Halo lore. And the trailer, uh, you know, custom with Halo Wars trailers and cutscenes, looked incredible. Yeah. yeah. This is the announcement of Halo Wars Definitive Edition, um, which is just a remastered version of the first game, if I'm... Yeah, it's supposed it. to be modded and remastered specifically for Xbox One. Here's the funny thing, though. Like, I kind of want it, but also at the same time, it feels like very unneeded because I can play the main game on my Xbox One anyway. Right now. Yeah. Um, we got another trailer for the next Walking Dead Telltale game, A New Frontier. It's interesting. This one takes place the first... They, they announced that two episodes will be coming out at the same time, which okay. is new for the Telltale series. One is a uh, episode one, and it's actually as the events of the outbreak are going on. Then the second is actually taking place, I believe, in Clementine's uh, time space. Okay. So you might actually hang out with Clementine. In fact, I think the end of the trailer alludes to that being the case. Interesting. So, And then there are two other pieces of news. Um, one has me very excited. Both have Anthony very excited. So let's talk about the first one. And it also should be noted <sighs> that before the this trailer got announced, um, Hideo Kojima was supposed to win um, 
what was it? So video game icon of the year last year. Um, that or it was a an award. I believe actually the last one was an award for the game itself, and he couldn't accept it because fucking, um, fucking Kojima Ko- Konami. Konami wouldn't allow him to be there. It could have been industry icon, for the icon. Year. but this year again, industry icon of the year 2016 comes up and accepts it. George uh, or Jeff Keighley came up with this like incredible little like this dude's my dude. I love him so much. This I'm happy to give them this award finally in person and do the justice that he was robbed of last year. Wow. So it was impactful to say the least at the beginning I of it. I just love that the entire industry has kind of come together to band behind fuck Konami. Yeah. And fuck Konami. Yeah, yeah. And fuck Konami. So fuck Konami. Thank you Kojima for all that you've done. And he's like, he comes up, he accepts the word. He's like, thank you everyone. I thought I lost everything, but I did it. You guys are still here. Pretty much is what he's saying. Yeah. It was incredibly like, Oh man, I love you, Kojima. Um, and you know, again, fuck Konami, uh, like Guillermo del Toro said later. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, "But I have one more thing to show you." And Enjoy. Then, new trailer for Death Stranding. I didn't know this game could get more confusing. Me neither. Ah. But at the same time, I'm ready. My okay. body is hard <laughs> and ready for this game. Uh, for a specific reason, at the end of the trailer. So the trailer uh, stars. Two, two people. people. Who are they? So, if you're familiar with PT and the disaster of it, um, Ko- Kojima was supposed to work with both or three or two people. Uh, Norman Reedus, you saw him in the previous trailer, uh-huh. first one at E3, and Guillermo del Toro, who makes his first appearance in this trailer, awkwardly shuffling around with like a canister. So it hadn't been it hadn't been announced that he was working with the game up until this point, had it? I didn't think it had been confirmed. It it had not been confirmed it at all. Speculated, speculated, much like their, the other person. We'll their um, their work on PT Silent Hill. Yes, yes, and uh, happy to get that announcement in a very weird and strange way, which right. is Guillermo del Toro. You know, walks, shuffles around. He's like, oh, I'm freaking out. Soldiers are walking over a bridge. He hides underneath it. So as the soldiers are walking away, um, he's like, okay, I think I'm safe. Then this water starts rising. It's like the black ooze that yeah, was, like you know, black ink. It's because there's a lot of squid-based references uh-huh. in this both trailers, uh-huh. and so it's alluded to that it's either water or ink that rises from the ground to his foot feet, and then in his, I guess, fear we could call it, he uh, takes this like little tube, connects it to the canister that he's awkwardly carrying. Baby fetus shows up in Norman, canister. Uh, Nor, uh, Norman fetus. Norman fetus Norman shows fetus up in up. canister, and we'll we'll talk about this part later. Uh-huh. Obviously, with the the baby, but then this other baby who it looks it's just a doll, right? It's a doll. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like a baby doll. Fucked up. It's yeah, like it's got like a nail in it. Um, it's got like a weird like stitching in missing it. Missing a leg. Missing like. a leg. It floats on through this ravine towards the end of an underground canal under this tunnel, right? At the other end, um, in this really cool, like, 80s music-ness, I should call it, um, four soldiers pop out of the shadows, followed by one that seems to be controlling them through via wires. And as this soldier comes out, he then raises his goggles in a very Metal Gear Solid way. And for a minute, you're like... Hey, are they doing like some snake reference here? 
pulls it up, you see the eyes of fucking Mads Mikkelsen and his entire costume goes off. And he's just like, as the crowd literally in the trailer is like, he does this like shushing thing. Everyone shut the fuck up as he did that. That's the commanding presence of Mads fucking Mikkelsen. And he does this shushing motion. And like, he's just like doing this like, okay, go forward, soldiers. His little puppets, like puppet soldier things are going forward. And the wires um, dissolve in this really cool effect going up to him. And, um, you know, it's just like, and then like the wires go up. It just like goes into his face. Yeah, it goes up into his face, close up into his face and then he looks down sees the baby doll that was floating down the ravine come to his leg and then it goes up in this very Hannibal-esque way and he smiles to the camera as the Death Stranding logo goes over it at the end of the trailer it gave me fucking chills I am a huge Hannibal fan and this is the Mads Mikkelsen that made me fall in love with this actor's work like I didn't know Mads Mikkelsen before Hannibal and then I like literally well, no, I did because James Bond. Uh-huh. But I rewatched that movie. I watched his earlier work, and I've fallen in love with the way this man intones his body language. There is no one like Mads Mikkelsen that can smile so viciously, and like that way that he does it is just so incredible. It gives me the shivers every single time. The game. This game cannot be hyped enough for me now we that have, we have both Norman Reedus and him on it. We still have no idea what this game is. We don't know is. what it is, well, but I'm, I'm I want it. More confused than I was. I we, want we, it. We just said Norman Reedus and Norman Fetus. Yeah. Like, the body of work that every single person involved with this game now has done, I cannot hype enough about the quality product that they will probably give us. Yeah. Which also does worry me a little bit in the sense that are we? can we be too overhyped for this game? I think you disagree with that. And I, think I, I disagree. And I'm, I'm possibly disagreeing, um, too. I'm, because I'm 50-50. Here, here's my thing. So I've played one Metal Gear Solid game. And yeah. It was the first one. Yeah. Um, you absolutely love the entire franchise. Uh, yes. The only ones I didn't play were, like, the SNES ones, like yeah. the super early ones. But other Not than the actual solid games, yeah. quote-unquote. Um, like, Kojima did a phenomenal job, even while maybe not in his earlier years, like, Konami just had, like, a fucking death grip on him. Yeah. Like, Especially in in, in five, yeah. like I'm like curious how much like control they had over Kojima during that game's production. So well, I think that Death Stranding will be a phenomenal game mm-hmm. if for no other reason that Kojima just has like 100% full creative control. control over his own product for potentially the first time. Yeah, and and proof in the pudding of what you're saying, uh, Cody, is that. In in Metal Gear Solid Five, one of the big problems of the game was that it felt less impactful at the ending than it could have been, and the reason for this was, and as PC players know through the deluxe edition, there was a third act selected for this game that actually never came out uh-huh. to fruition because Konami cut it because of budget reasons and whatever else nonsense. Um, so again, I don't think there's going to be any Konami, budget reasons with uh, with Kojima control. Productions because I literally feel they're like they're going to give him an unlimited the, no, budget. Yeah, there's just people just throwing money at Kojima Productions right now. And we'll go into this later when we go into PSX because uh-huh. there's another announcement coming along with that, which is good. Um, yeah, this this game, like he's going to have full control over. He's going to be able to do what he wants. I am excited for that because I 
I wanted more Kojima out of Metal Gear Solid Five, and that's my one issue with it. Yeah. Otherwise, Metal Gear Solid Five was like hands down one of the best games I've ever played. So I'm excited for it. I just I want the internet to measure some little expectation on it. Only because I think certain people will come into this like, oh, everyone else is hyped about it, so should I be, and they won't get it because they don't understand who Kojima is exactly. and the weirdness. And that I feel he like does. those people just like need to educate themselves better. I sure. feel like we have every right to kind of just be incredibly be hyped. hyped. Yeah. Again, like I've played one Metal Gear Solid game, and I understand the fucking legend that Kojima is at this point. Yeah, he has so many allegories in what he does, and it takes. It takes more than an internet troll to understand what he's doing. Uh-huh. So. It's exciting. That was hands down the best moment, if not for one other thing. Yeah. Um, I should also mention that, like, Kojima has been, like, playing games with us as he usually does. I'll link an article below that uh, shows if you watch the uh, trailers at the same time. What kind of <laughs> the shenanigans that happen. Oh, God. Well, pretty much, like, the whole thing is we might be dealing with multiple dimensions is what people are speculating because, like, the moment when Norman Fetus disappears in the first trailer is when he appears in the second trailer. Right. And the fact that, like, right after this article was shared, like, Kojima retweeted it just kind of fuels the fire, like, this is something that matters. This This isn't just a happy coincidence. This is something that fucking matters to the game. Yeah. This is Kojima saying, that's one. Yep. Keep keep going. Keep you got, searching. You got seventy eight more to find. Yeah, what? Yeah, weird little allegories again. Yep. So again, remember that Kojima is a very weird and brilliant mind, and it takes some patience to fully understand what the fuck he's doing here. Yep. So. And I don't think we will fully understand this game until ten years after it comes out. Probably. <laughs> um, the other big announcement that came out of the VGAs was the first full-length gameplay trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda. Katie is also in the background right now. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. You coming up? Come back Quick up little again. talk. All right. Hang on. Katie coming. Oh, gosh. Take the seat. <laughs> Hi. I've actually um, never touched a controller during Mass Effect, but that's fine. He does the gameplay because I'm horrible <laughs> at combat. So have you watched him play all three games at this point? I've watched him play uh, two and three. Yes. Also, I'm I still think... angry at you, Mass Effect. Well, full <laughs> Still angry. For the third ending. Yeah, what was that? Go- <laughs> anyway, but I'm really excited for Andromeda. And I actually want to get my own copy for my own PS4. Shit. Because yes. Anthony's played the combat and I made the, the decisions. The story is great. It's wonderful. It's perfect. Femshep all the way. And, and Andromeda, let's look for a new home. Let's do it. Okay. I oh. also want to say, too, um, as Katie skirts off in the background. <laughs> I'm playing Mario Party. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as she was saying before, like I, with the combat thing and everything, I don't think she gives her enough self enough credit. She's played Battlefront with me. She's gonna started playing like more video games. I think on the next one, she can play this game she herself go, she and do hand, like kill it. Yeah. So babe, you don't give yourself enough credit. You do great. Oh, you guys are cute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the trailer looked amazing. Um. This universe that we're gonna be going into uh, with Mass Effect is exactly why I love Mass Effect. And the reason why is you get to experience new places, new characters, new worlds, literally, uh, in this game, and you get to explore them. Um, The moment where you see the new Normandy, I can't even remember the name of it. Normandy Um, 2. Normandy uh, (laughs) 2. Um. The moment where that ship goes into one of the galaxies and you see it appear this world that looks 
in a way similar to Earth, but it's in this solar system that's surrounded by what looks like a black sun is so cool to me. It's that weirdness and that exploration of strange new worlds, new galaxies to explore, to boldly go where no man has gone before, to be literally... That was my favorite quote from Star Wars. It's exciting. (laughs) 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 It's very, very exciting. Um, I think that the new gameplay options, too, with the movement controls is going to make this game very fast and very fluid, much like what Final Fantasy XV did with its uh, strokes to Kingdom Hearts, like you were mentioning. Uh Um, This is what we want. We want a little more Gears of War in our Mass Effect shooter. We just still want that great RPG elements, and it looks like we're getting everything that we want in this game. Very cool. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, we still don't have an official release date. So we were debating this before the cast, and it literally goes to, like, the ending of it. You're just like, oh, Mass Effect the Gravita! Spring 2016. 2017. 2017. 20, 2017. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. We missed my... the release. Oh, no. <laughs> so 2017. Spring 2017, and you're just like, spring? What does that mean? Spring? You've said that before. Spring? <laughs> I'm sensing and I'm sensing a delay. Oh no! I'm sensing that they're going to put this out literally May, like last week, right before summer starts happening. Maybe even June, and literally yeah. play with that release date on us. A they lot. can. I mean, and when they, they can. Say, unfortunately, I mean, they could say spring 2016. I just, and I hope like nah, I, it's coming out like 2020. Yeah, as much as I want a quality game, and I really, really do. So at the end of the day, I'm still gonna buy this game whenever it comes out uh-huh. um i was hoping for a more bold statement from bioware coming out with like an official date and we still don't have one yeah but that was it another vgas 2016 yeah i know you had some some quirps um vgas jeff Keeley, speaking to you here oh shit get your shit together man i mean i understand this is a momentual momentous task to undergo because we are a new industry we're still developing and understanding the way we celebrate games, how we award games, and how we finance said award show for games. <laughs> Holy fucking advertisements, bro. Jesus Christ. The entire games, like, awards were, if not three concert segments, which varied amounts of success between the three, um, was an entire advert for all types of games, sometimes, as well as Schick Hydrobot. Like, dude, so many commercials. And you're like, we don't have the time to award this game a full, you know, awards length segment. That's because you had to fill it in with so many goddamn commercials. And I understand that's for financing reasons. But still, it makes for a less impactful award show. I felt like you could have done this in 15 minutes. 15 minutes with like maybe a good 20 for the two big releases that we got. That's it. Yeah. Cut the time in half, if nothing else, and then that would have been done. So if you want a full two hours of award show. Say, it, was like almost, it, was over, it was almost three hours, wasn't it? It was like two hours, 15, 20 minutes. Jesus and Christ. the entire time was cut to Schick Robot and cut to really bad joke here from your co-host. Like, I just I need this stuff to stop so we can take this shit seriously. You want to talk about um, the award ceremonies that we've seen in other industries? Okay, Oscars. Let's talk about that. People say that a lot of mentions of Oscars get mentioned off screen. That's true. But they also have like 
40 million different types of awards that come out for Oscars. We had, what, 30? And 20 of them were mentioned offhand, offscreen. And on the recaps that we find, most of them weren't even mentioned on the recaps right. because they were mentioned other ways, like other places. So come on, VGAs. Let's let's pump it up a notch next year. If you need to really work with these industry professionals and get this shit down, do it. Whatever you can, get the Hydro fucking bot out of here because I'm tired of that shit. And rent. Damn. So yeah, uh, I hope it's better next year, guys, because the last year before this was actually quite a, a good one. So it's like, it seems like we get one great year, one bad one for the VGAs. So I just would like some more quality control on that shit. Yeah. Anyway, great premieres, though, for the two games that we love. <laughs> for the two ones that mattered. Yeah. But uh, moving on from there, uh, earlier today was the PlayStation Experience. PSX 2016. PSX 2016. Um, you're going to take the reins on this one. Go through the list. All right. Go. So starting it up, we had the uh, official announcement, because we were introduced to this concept before, through the internet's. Marvel vs. Cap- Capcom. Now, we thought it was going to be like Capcom like 4. Yeah, Marvel that's what I'm saying. Mar- yeah. It's Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Okay. And it featured a trailer where we see Ryu and Mega Man fighting off against Iron Man and Captain Marvel. She. Which was really cool. Uh, cool little trailer. There was a little vague mention of a villain at the end. Um, but essentially, it's just proof in the pudding that this game is coming out. Great. That's fine. Yeah. The next thing. I was not expecting this. I don't think anyone really was. I don't think I was expecting it now. I expected it soon. Not I expected now. it, like, maybe if they were going to do it, like, E3 next year. Yeah. Katie crawling around while we're at a podcast. <laughs> Last of Us 2 announced with full trailer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, the trailer features a person at first that was playing the guitar singing this very melancholy song, essentially alluding to the fact that got to do what you got to do. She's not a perfect person, but she'll smite holy hell on her enemies. Right. It's revealed that that was L, and it looks Ellie. like... Yeah, okay. <laughs> it looks like she's about five to ten years older than she was in the original Last uh-huh. of Us. So time has passed. At the end of the trailer, as you're seeing this house filled with dead bodies, and mind you, human bodies not changed by the virus uh-huh. currently affecting the universe, um, Joel comes in, says, what you doing, kiddo? She's like, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm going to go after these fucks, and I'm going to kill every single last one of them. So, we don't know who they are. Fireflies? I thought Firefly would have been gone by what we did in the first game. Which I haven't even finished the first game. You need so. to finish the first game. I do. Need to. So a slight spoiler there. Okay. Um, I am curious to see what she is really talking about. It could be Firefly still, technically. But I feel like that cheapens the events from the end of the first game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I like this trailer. It's very effective. Yeah. And there's two things to take away aside from this, the initial announcement. One is that uh, Ellie will be the main playable character this time around. Um, and it, she will play differently, whatever that means. Probably. Um, and there's some people kind of worried because, like, Last of Us is kind of, I wouldn't say, like, it's fairly immortal at this point. Like, it came out of nowhere almost. Many people say it's, like, the best game ever. Yeah, we, we it's reached this legendary status. And it's been out for, Rightfully what, so. Three, four years? Yeah. Something it's, like that. It's a very late game. And but there's some such... people 
love for people it. coming out um and one of the creative directors uh, neil drunkman mm-hmm. came out and this is a statement let's read it forward can't tell you how satisfying it is to finally be able to say that ellie and joel are back for another intense barrowing and emotional adventure like many of you we have a deep love for the world of the last of us and its characters and while a sequel may have seemed a foregone conclusion that wasn't the case we knew that it needed to be a story worth telling and perhaps more importantly a story worthy of joel and ellie after spending years on different ideas and almost giving up, we finally uncovered a story that felt, felt special. A story that involved into an epic journey. So, for those of you that don't know, Neil Druckmann pretty much made the story for the uh-huh. original. And he was working on making the story for the movie version of The Last of Us. And essentially the reason why the movie is not being made right now is because he feels so passionately that the story must be correct. Um, in order for it to be a good movie. And I trust him. I trust him. He's he's essentially throwing away the ability to have money because he wants a quality product for the movie screens. So that means that he would be doing the same thing here for Naughty Dog going forward. I trust him. I think this game could be great. However, the slightest concern that I do have, and this is what we mentioned beforehand, is that a lot of Last of Us's brilliance was this exploration of this darkness in the world where we're the last of us, literally. And that maybe we aren't supposed to be here, but also this incredible character, this character Ellie that we believe in so much, that we want to protect so much, um, that we want to move forward with. And it created this innocence to the game and also levity at certain times, which balanced it out. Uh So with her being older and also now on a warpath, it seems, where is that innocence and that impact going to come from? I think it's going to be lost here. And I don't know if that'll be good or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I really don't want just like angry ellie let's yeah. go fuck up everything yeah, me too but it's too it's too late or it's too early to really say anything right. um i'm a little weary but i have faith um the people at naughty dog are fucking geniuses they are so good they're so good at story-based gameplay so they they're like just like he said they weren't going to do this game if they weren't 100 percent about the story they were telling I think that Last of Us 2 has every potential to be as good, if not better, than Last of Us 1. Yeah. Maybe it'll be an Empire Strikes Back. Maybe. Yep. That'd be incredible. Yep. So, Uncharted standalone. This is the next one. Yeah, so DLC, DLC for 4. Yes. Um, standalone DLC, keep in mind. Yep. So, similar to how um, First Light worked for Infamous Second Son. Yes. Uh, it looks interesting. It's taking the um, story aspects of, and I can't remember her name, but one of the other side characters in the Uncharted universe and exploring her times in what looks like to be a Arabic um, city of sorts. There's like bombings going on, all kinds of crazy shit. And I know the character is very loved by fans. So it just looks like it's going to service the fans really, really well for this. I still have yet to finish three, so I'm really catching up on the Uncharted series. <laughs> so give me some patience when I don't know exactly who this character is and how important she is. So. But it, it looks good. It looks really, really good from the trailer that we saw. Um, Next piece, Uncharted standalone DLC. You just said that. Oh, shit. Literally just said that. <sighs> You're ridiculous. Kojima partnering with Killzone. <laughs> Horizon Dev Gorilla yep. has been announced as partnering with them for Death Stranding. That gives me faith because Killzone was great. Horizon looks fucking incredible. Jesus, yeah. There was another new trailer for it. I need this game now. I really do. I need this game now. And the cool thing with this is, too, when Kojima left 
Konami, his engine was given unto them. Yep. So that whole time he spent building that engine with his team, that old work is gone. So is he starting out from nowhere? No, he's working with Gorilla to make that engine and to make it great. So good things there. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's some less exciting news. What is Knack? Knack 2. What is Knack? Knack was a game and we're going to get a sequel. That's all I got. I think this game was very shat upon because it was not only one of the release games for PlayStation 4, but it was also incredibly bad from what I understand <laughs> from the critical reception. So the fact that they're proceeding with Knack 2 does have me kind of worried, but maybe they're like, you know what? We fucked the bed with Knack. We're going to make this one right. <laughs> we're going to fix it with Knack 2. Yeah. So fingers crossed. So this next piece, <laughs> I want to take the reins on. Do it. Um. I was at work while this was happening, and I came home and kind of caught up on everything before we started recording. Um, something that caught my eye was the announcement of Let It Die. What uh, is Let It Die? Let It Die is a new game from Suda51, um, which I actually think they're under a new name now because they were acquired by someone else. Suda51 and Grasshopper Manufacturer. Um, Suda51 is famously known for uh, a couple games from the last generation um, being No More Heroes and its sequel, No More Heroes 2, Desperate Struggle. One of the best games for the Wii. Uh, the first one got ported to PS3 as well. Which, again, uh, most of you probably haven't played. I feel like No More Heroes. Was it good? It was amazing. Yeah. It was weird as all hell. Did it sell? Yeah, uh, kind of. Okay. Like, people always talk about how like the Wii doesn't have like good third-party support. Like, No More Heroes was like enough of a reason just to, for us to have third-party because it was so good. It's so different than anything else on the Wii at the time. Also known for Lollipop Chainsaw, which is another game that people loved. I was a little weary of it. Let It Die is free right now on PlayStation 4. Uh, pretty much people are saying it looks like Dark Souls on crack, but it has yeah. like a futuristic punk. Weird playfulness. It's like There's meta. a Grim Reaper on a skateboard. Talking about how good the game is, but then it's like probably... Yeah, the best game ever, probably. <laughs> yeah. So Suda like knows how to have fun with their games. Right. Yeah. So I'm excited, if for no other reason. And than it's who's making it. It's free to play, and yeah. it's available today. Yeah. So uh, as soon as we get done with the podcast, probably probably it's gonna go check that out. We gotta download that. All right. But what is next? Quick shout out before we go on next. Okay. Zach Simmons, thank you for your like oh, on the podcast. Nice. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, Parappa. The rapper. Wipeout. Yeah, the wipeout. Crash Bandicoot. 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 He's cute. Uh, <laughs> Bandicoot. Getting PS4 upgrades. So we knew... Uh, Remix. We knew Crash was coming. That was... Yeah, that was assumed from the last conference that Sony had back in E3. Um, it looks good from the trailer we got. Like, yeah. It's also a demo when you can play it right now, apparently. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Very nice. But the cool little add-on to what we were looking at with Crash Bandicoot was also Parappa the Rapper, which was kind of an, like an underground hit for the PlayStation, and uh, Wipeout. I'm not familiar with the game, but I know people, people that love, love it. Wipeout. Love it. Also, I'm just now finding out for right now that Patapon is also getting ported to the PlayStation 4, and I fucking hey, love Patapon. I do too. Patapon's great. Patapon's amazing. Patapon, Patapon. And also apparently uh, Loco Roco, which I never played either. Those are all games that are uh, coming from the PSP. Up. Wipeout is coming in a collection form, from what I read. It's a couple of games from the Wipeout collection. Wasn't that also Crash Bandicoot? No. 
Oh. Well, Crash Bandicoot is as well, but okay. like a wipeout, it was That's three different games. Yeah. yeah, Crash Bandicoot is a full remake remaster of the first three games of the Crash. Uh, it's being called Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I'd be able to, I gotta find it real quick. Oh no! Uh, insane trilogy. Insane. I um, like that. So, I have a very special place in my heart for the Crash Bandicoot games. Uh, growing up, me and my sister played the ever living shit out of them. So I'm very excited. 2017. Trailer's up right now. Yeah. This shows uh, some of the footage from the first game. It looks beautiful. The side-by-side comparisons are night and day almost. They're incredible. Yeah. I mean, there's only, what, 20 years in between? <laughs> so, oh of course, there's going to be a night and day difference. But it's just like True. how simplistic yet, like, amazing the graphics look. Just mm, has me yeah. so hyped. And, me too. I mean, I'm... I'm not a Crash Bandicoot fan in the sense that I played all the series and I, I know this character I haven't, very much, I've, but I I've, know him. I've fallen off the, the bandwagon loved. over the last couple yeah. games, but uh, I played almost all of them. So Exciting. It's great news. So, Laura Croft Go? It's a, it's a mobile PC? game. I remember them talking about it at uh, E3 last year. So, yeah, I do remember them talking about it, too. It was originally announced for the iPhone and everything because it was a free mobile, you know, free-to-play game. The thing is with Lara Croft Go is, though, that everyone really liked it that uh-huh. has played it. So I guess it was liked enough that they're making a PS4 and Vita port. I'm curious if it will be a paid-for one or if it will be free-to-play much like its iOS version. I, I think it was free-to-play. I Give me some levity, <laughs> uh, internet, if I'm wrong, but I'm not familiar with the game because I didn't play it. I don't like those Go games, so I don't know if this really speaks to me, but I know people loved it. So, great news there. Um, Nino Kuni 2. People love Nino Kuni 1. I've never played it. It looks like a fun-ass game. It's definitely one that I need to go back and play because I've heard so many good things about it, but Nino Kuni 2 is now releasing on PS4 in 2017. New English trailer released. Looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the trailer, and I was like, this is the exact kind of, you know, Hio Miyazaki game that I would have never thought I would have ever gotten, because the artistic style reminds me of that studio so much. Looks fabulous. And it looks like a Kingdom Hearts experience for you. So, good stuff there. Uh, do you want to take the reins on this next one? I suppose. So uh, <laughs> we had known for a while that Destiny was going to be doing their new update and bringing back Sparrow Racing. Katie, it's fine. Katie, it's fine. <laughs> Katie hates Destiny. We're going to make her love it. Um, they're bringing back Sparrow Racing. Uh, they're also doing this as the full holiday update uh, that is being called The Dawning. Yeah. Um, it brings back Sparrow Racing, uh, which will last about three weeks again, uh, bringing in some new story content, some quests. Um uh, the big thing is we are getting some new exotics. Um, One two, of them? Well, hang on. Hang on. Oh, okay. that. Sorry, I'm jumping again. We're getting two brand new exotics, uh, which have been in the games for a while, um, which are basically Void and Solar versions of Thunderlord. Oh, tight. So that'll be sweet. And the big selling point <laughs> of the uh, expansion slash update is Before that you say it, I thought this would never happen. I knew it would happen eventually. Icebreaker is coming back, and um, I will fight to this day that Icebreaker was more broken than Gallonhorn. From how people used it, especially in multiplayer, agreed. So That's why I never thought it would happen, because it was like, okay, 
we messed up that weapon. Um, that's not. I also it. like understand that like at this point, I feel like Bungie is just kind of doing a fuck it. Here's everything you want. Yeah, it's like for the fans. For the fans, while we wait for two. While we wait for two. Yeah. So. Okay. Good um, point. the event lasts from December. Oh no. December thirteenth until January third. Yeah. Big thing will be Sparrow Racing though. Yeah, I know people love the Sparrow Racing. Um, once again, this is something that like if I do have the time for, I guess I'll jump in. But I have so much on my plate uh-huh. in the time between that. And also, this, and one more thing that they are finally adding um, is strikes flying, and the ability to get points during strikes. I don't. We don't know what really rewards are coming from it yet. You know, that is one thing that I always thought was a miss by them because uh-huh. uh, when you would play the old Halo Three campaign and um, the uh, timed awards for what was it? Um, I'm fudging on the name right now. ODST. Uh-huh. Sorry. You would get these cool little uh, score modifiers that would come out of levels and everything. So you and your friends would have this like faux competition as to who was actually doing better, and that's really cool for them to do finally in Destiny. So they they started messing awesome. with that when they it's brought good. back Prison of Elders in April. I re- yeah, I remember that. that so was it uh, I'm excited. I just I would like to see some sort of reward for hitting certain points, and they did do a lot of cool leaderboard stuff for the Prison of Elders. So mm-hmm. I hope they do a similar thing. Yeah, cool. Street Fighter Five was yeah, the next big that, point. That's a game that people play. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> coming off of what we were saying about its VGA nomination, um, we're a little surprised that people are still loving it so much. Maybe they came out with some patches, really became good. But the new DLC fighter is Akuma, which I'm familiar with uh, from various different forms. He's a nice character to have, so I'm glad he's finally back in Street Fighter form. Yeah. Yeah. Then the last big piece of news from the PlayStation experience was Massive's Resident Evil 7 demo. Or I should say a massive, a massive. Resident Evil 7 demo. Sorry, I apologize about that. The update is coming tonight on PS4. So again, following that release of No More Heroes being announced with a trailer, yeah. um, we're getting the same thing here with the demo being announced with 7. And that's exciting because I hear a lot of great things from people who've played the demos at uh previous cons past yeah so i can't wait to try it out and see what it's all about yeah. see if the hype is real so that was the big points for the keynote um there were like 40 games talked about during the keynote and we didn't even talk touch all of them again throw an article down below uh, you'll be able to see all of them because a lot of them are just like yeah little ports or just stuff like that right and so look out at that um overall i feel like this was a decent year for psx um, i was shocked with how much like you we were talking about how much last of us surprised us by its soonness. i did yeah. not see it coming at all yeah very very surprising i thought this wouldn't have been a playstation experience this year but i'm happy that it was was there anything out of playstation experience that you wanted that you didn't get um two of things uh one of them is a little bit more likely than the other um i would have loved something from kingdom Hearts. um i understand that this you know it was sony's thing and right. now that Kingdom Hearts isn't exclusively to Sony, I get it. Um, the big one was Final Fantasy VII Remake, though. Uh, PSX last year is when we actually got our first gameplay mm-hmm. of the remake. And since then, we haven't heard pretty much anything. That was mine. That was my one thing. Like, I could have understood if Kingdom Hearts was going to be revealed in right. another form. Which we know um, 2.8 comes out mid-next month yeah. in January. And then we do know that we're supposed to be getting news from Kingdom Hearts 3 this winter. 
So I'm expecting an event similar to Uncovered Final Fantasy 15 for Kingdom Hearts 3. Let's hope it's a little more successful with the release date than Uncovered was. Yeah, well, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> True. But, I mean, I, I, I hear you on the 7. The seven's my big thing because it's like, what is going on with that now that 15's done? Well, and I feel like that's kind of the thing. So, yeah, um, I think that now that 15 is done, their full focus is on Kingdom Hearts 3. And, and then it'll and be on then seven, it will be seven, which then means that it's even more credence to the fact. Well, why did you give us a trailer so fucking early? Well, and, and Square here's, Enix. here's the thing too. Like obviously, the entire company isn't just working on Kingdom Hearts three. There's people working on seven. There's people working on. But the, such a limited team for when it was announced. Eh, maybe. But then again, we've always given Square a bit of shit for how it announces things compared to when it comes out. I mean, the case in point that Final Fantasy fifteen <laughs> was Final Fantasy thirteen versus. <laughs> And then 10 years later, it's a completely different game. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't even... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I just... There's two things to take away from this for me. On the one hand, maybe they finally decided that, okay, it's right to focus up on your one thing to one thing to one thing and then manage those as they come. Well, you gotta remember, I'm hoping that's the case. So, and... I don't even remember exactly what the full-fledged thing of it was. Do you remember when Square did their conference in 2015 at E3? How much of a fucking disaster that was. But um, it also like ended Ugh. with them being like, this is a brand new IP that we can't talk about yet, but here's some screenshots. It's like, what are you doing? You can't just do this. Seriously, yeah. So maybe this is part of the course for a company that's decided that, hey, we need to focus on one thing at a time, and that's why we didn't get anything from 7 this year. I'm just worried. Because with how Square likes to announce stuff, that we won't be hearing anything from Seven till for a while. I just, if that's the case, make it a good reason, Square, and make it, hey, this is coming out like maybe a month or two from when they announce it. Yeah. They better do that, otherwise they, they are gonna. They won't. I know, I know. I'm I mean, dubious we had, as well. We had what the huge event for Uncovered Final Fantasy 15 that happened in March. The game was supposed to release in September, and then they decided it was going to release in November. Yeah. They fucked up there. Yeah. They're fucking up with Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, I'm a okay. little salty Let over the whole thing. Let me just drown my sorrows in this beer. Please no. But that's it for the podcast. Sorry I was a little bit long and just kind of overwhelming with news. But How just, long was it? Oh, it's, about, it's about an hour and a half. So it's not real long, but just oh. like when we have these podcasts, they're just like. I'm glad there's only in, two of us. Oh, yeah. It would have been a lot longer <laughs> if it was more than just two of us. Um, but like these podcasts just end up being like almost entirely news. They're, they're rough for me to get through. So uh, like I'm imagining listening to the entire thing is a little rough. So if you listen to the entire thing, thank you. We appreciate your support. Yeah. A couple of likes today. I love it. So as always, you can find all of our content over on geekdomination.net. Be sure to check us out on all the socials, which you can find linked down below. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Twitch, and all the other stuff. We have a lot of content coming. Um, do our best through the holidays to provide all of our content. Stay tuned for full reviews from uh, for Final Fantasy Fifteen once we're done with the game, and I still want to do a review on Pokemon Sun and Moon. I'm done with the game, y'all motherfuckers need to f- hurry up. I will try and finish the game, and uh, also stay tuned for a review on the book Catalyst. By Rogue uh, One? Yeah, prequel to Rogue One. I'm hoping to get that out either the week before or week and a half before the movie releases, so we get Smart. prime time. So. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Love you as always. Have a lovely day.